You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Jim Gray, co-host of Let's Go Podcast with Tom Brady will join us coming up here in a little bit. And Sean White, fresh from the Olympics, wanted to get back home so he could watch the Super Bowl, something he had never done. He went to the Super Bowl. Sean will join us coming up in an hour from now. Your phone call is always welcome. We'll get to those. Operator Tyler standing by because Marvin has now been elevated to the front row, Seton in demotion row in the back. I like how some people on social media were like, what happened to Seton? Did he get demoted? And I said, Seton, I'm not on social media. You can let him know that it's just a reorganization here. That's all it is. <laughs> oh, reorg. That's code for demotion, dude. Come on. But you love Todd. Dang, I do. Now I do you're love closer Todd. to Todd. Yeah. Yes, Paul. It's a vertical move. It's, that's what they say in the corporate world, don't they? Like, you made a vertical move. Yeah. You know, I was just there. The seat was empty. The optics didn't look good. Uh, we just elevated, promoted Marvin. We just put him in the front row with Paulie. Don't read into anything there. Yes, Tom. And to reconfirm, if we're making Friday meet Thursday, he will be joining us immediately as soon as all yes. of us are eating. Yes, Marvin gets to eat Fabulous. when we eat. The backroom guys have to wait 15 minutes. That's why it's the 1215 Podcast Club. Yes, he hey, he's not a 1215er anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> nah, buddy, you're living that 9 to 12 life. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you can uh, get something to eat at around uh, 15 minutes before the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah, Marv. All right. So are we going to call it Marvin and the 1215 Club? <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's pushing it now. Well, Marvin is still on the podcast. Do you want to still be on the 1215 Podcast, even though you're not part of the 1215 Club? I'm going to leave that up to you. You know what? For now. Okay. For now. All right. Team player. I like it. Yeah, Paulie. 1215 podcast feet Marvin. Yes. Oh, yes. feet. That's how you do it, I think. Feet. That's exactly feet. right. Feet. feet. I like that. Feet Marv. Okay. Uh, yes, Todd, you had a uh, comment? I was going to say exactly what Paulie said, and I'm glad he did. Feet Marvin. Okay. It's all about him now. I don't believe you, but uh, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. I was. Feet. Feet. All right. With a period after. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Imagine if the Super Bowl ratings were down 12.5%. Be pretty big. Oh, what's wrong? You know? Politics. L.A. Not a good matchup. Halftime show. The NFL Super Bowl ratings up 12.5%. So, let's discuss. Why was it up? I don't think people looked at this as a great matchup. I think that you had an underdog in the Bengals. Um, I think America was curious about the Bengals. But this wasn't a big game in Los Angeles ratings-wise, not even in the top 10 markets. Now, granted, that's a huge market, but the Rams are in the Super Bowl. But the uh, Bengals, Cincinnati was the uh, highest-rated market. Second uh, was Detroit. I guess a lot of people wanted to see how Matthew Stafford was going to perform. The halftime show, I think, had a lot, not a lot to do with it, but I think it did play a role in keeping people or tune-in factor. Paulie mentioned that there's only one halftime show in history where the ratings went up, and that's Michael Jackson. 
did this halftime show, we don't know the ratings yet of the halftime show where they break it down to tell you, you know, how many people were watching when they were watching, what's the post-game show, when you hand out the trophy, like all of those things are broken down. Will we have numbers that'll show that the halftime show did those numbers go up? Yeah, Paul. I've been thinking a lot about this, and we got an email to John Orand at Sports Business Journal why the ratings were up significantly. Well, it could be a culmination of a great playoffs with a lot of close games. Well, that's a factor because all the games were really close. The halftime show, you bring in a lot of casual fans. It also seems like the NFL had a pretty clean year. It was not very political this year. There's not a lot of COVID coverage, especially in the back half of the year as they change the rules. Mm-hmm. The Kaepernick story, whether whatever you think about it, doesn't seem to be looming anymore. If, if you just add all that stuff up, it was a really great season with the NFL, especially with the close playoff games. Well, all it takes is good playoff games, good football games, because Daniel Snyder with Washington, I think the average fan doesn't care. Uh, I would care about Daniel Snyder. I'm still curious why these other owners want to be associated with him, but I don't turn off a game because of an owner. Now, Stephen Ross, if he's tanking games, it would have been nice knowing that, watching those games. But if you're a Dolphins fan, you're certainly upset about this. The NFL is going to be upset about this. Deshaun Watson, he never got on the football field. Like when you think of what was controversial, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my gosh. You know, the woke mob is not going to let me win the MVP. Well, he won the MVP. And he missed a game because of COVID. And I had comments on Pat McAfee's show. But for the most part, I think the football fan, the average football fan, just goes, just play the games. The other stuff, I don't care about. Once you put on your helmet, your uniform, I don't care. The other stuff, usually during the week, then maybe you react to that. Stephen Ross, I'm really curious if the NFL wants to find out that he was telling his coach to tank games. And if you're a fan, does the NFL want to find out more about Daniel Snyder, where you actually ask these two owners to give up their teams? I question that. And 75% of the owners would have to vote them out to sell their teams. I'm curious if those owners want to open up that Pandora's box where you're like, uh, I don't want you looking into my closet here. Yeah, see. Do you want to change up the poll question for this hour to uh, ratings for the Super Bowl were up because dot, 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 the team's playing, the artists performing, great playoffs or less politics slash COVID? Ooh. Okay. Um, the, the poll question from hour one is a runaway. It's, a, it's not even close with Deshaun Watson. So whose future would you most like to know about? I, and I agree. I said it was going to be Deshaun Watson. You know, Tom Brady, and we'll talk to Jim Gray. You know, if, if he was betting on Tom coming back or staying retired, Al Michaels, he's going to have his choice. You know, mothership. I mean, imagine if you pair Al Michaels with uh, Sean McVay. Let's say that was a true story, a real story. Uh, Troy Aikman goes to Amazon with Al Michaels. Uh, Sean McVay, I think there's mutual interest, but I think it's a leverage play. Aaron Donald, maybe he walks away. Maybe. Ben Simmons, I just, I just want to see him play. Um, Zion Williamson, I'd like to see him play, but he's not going to be playing anytime soon. All right, uh, so the poll question is, why were the ratings up for the Super Bowl? Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow, 877-3DP-SHOW. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner. By the way, Rams fans, we do have a T-shirt for you. Go to uh, danpatrick.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter. It comes out every day. Backroom guys do a wonderful job with it. Last week, the 76ers and the Nets agreed to a trade. 
And it revolved around Ben Simmons and James Harden. We heard from Ben Simmons in the first hour. You know, he addressed the media for the first time as a net, and many people have assumed that Simmons would uh, opt out, sit out of Brooklyn's game against Philadelphia. That's coming up in March, I think March 10th. But he said, hey, I got to get in game shape, but I'm targeting that game to come back to play in Philadelphia. It's a hard place to play when you're on the Philadelphia teams. But that city, yes, booed Santa Claus. So you wonder, when Ben Simmons comes back, how are those Philadelphia fans going to treat him? You know, keep in mind, when LeBron returned to Cleveland, that was one of the more anticipated regular season games in recent memory. I think this one would top that, just because of the acrimony, the anger that's going to be there. But Ben Simmons got fined, didn't get paid. He sat down and did not get paid. That's why when people get upset about Kyrie and he won't get vaccinated, and I'm thinking, if he truly believes this, uh, Novak Djokovic says he's not going to play in Grand Slam events if he has to be vaccinated. All right, I, I respect you if that's your conviction. I may not agree with you, but, you know, Novak Djokovic is a, a singular talent. He doesn't have a team attached to him. Ben Simmons not playing or Kyrie deciding he doesn't want to get vaccinated – He's got a team that relies on him. That's different. But if you're willing to not get paid, you sit down. I respect you for having that conviction. I don't like I don't like your decision, but I respect it. And it's easy to criticize here. But if Kyrie doesn't feel, you know, like he wants to, needs to, Novak Djokovic doesn't want to, okay. That's fine. All I know is we move on. We'll move on from Djokovic. And you got the French Open coming up. And Rafa Nadal will probably win another major. Uh, Kyrie doesn't want to play. Sort of wants to play. We move on. That's what happens in sports. We move on. You think you're, the sport revolves around you. And it doesn't. It does for a while. And then you move on. Look at all of the great talents, personalities. We move on from all of them. I don't care if it's Brady, if it's Jordan, you know. It, it's And I always say this, when, when Johnny Menzel was going through what he was going through, I, I said, you know, Johnny's going to wake up one day and go, oh, my God, nobody cares. And nobody is caring. Nobody does care. Like you might have a curiosity of, oh, what's he doing? I don't. But he had an opportunity. Now he's a 30 for 30. That's it. Like we... You have to understand what you have in the moment. Appreciate what you have in the moment. But I can't tell you. It's like when you tell people who have uh, young children. And I always say, hey, it goes by quickly. And they go, oh, I can't go quickly enough. And then all of a sudden you see them and their their kids are teenagers. Or you're taking your kid to college. And you're like, went by quickly. Oh, my God. Yes, it did. But until you go through it, nobody can tell you. Like Antonio Brown. Like, we're going to move on. Nobody's going to care. You want to go to the club with Floyd Mayweather? Good. Go. Nobody cares. When you played at a high level, people cared. And then they move on. All we care about is when you play. That's it. Like OBJ. I hope he gets an opportunity to play again. But if he doesn't, we'll move on. We move on with everybody, with everything. And we move on quicker than we ever did. Now, the NBA held on to Michael Jordan Far too long, in my opinion, but there was nothing that they could do. He was that omnipresent. It's like Tiger with golf. 
you know, you become bigger than the sport. Tiger became bigger than the sport. Michael Jordan, pretty close to being bigger than the sport. But you got to move on. We'll move on from Tom Brady. We'll move on from Aaron Donald. We'll move on from Deshaun Watson or Zion or you name it. We do. Yeah, Paul. I think that's a great call by you about Tiger specifically because when he had his knee and back injury, it felt like when we tuned into a major, the lead story was Tiger's not here, who's the favorite? Yeah. Not who's the favorite, and Tiger's also not here. And golf is still struggling with this. There's no tune-in factor. You know, Bryson DeChambeau, okay. But you're not tuning in for Brooks Kepka's, you know, personality. Uh, Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth. You know, there's no it player there in golf. Now, it's still great golfers. Patrick Cantlay is a great golfer. John Rahm, great golfer. But the tune-in factor, not there. Tiger took it global. Uh, let's take a couple of phone calls. Eric in California. Hi, Eric. What's on your mind today? Hey, Eric. Hi. Good, hi, good morning, Dan. 5'10 and a Whitey 165. All right. Um, I'm in Thousand Oaks, just down the street from the home of the 48 contiguous state champs. There you go, Seton. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I just wanted to call in some positivity. I, I noticed something after the NFC title game with Odell Beckham Jr. The, the cameras, you know, while they were showing, you know, Aaron Donald holding up his ring finger, they leaked over to Debo Samuels there on the bench, towel on his face, crying, obviously emotional. And there was OBJ, you know, a guy, you know, questionable history. I was never big a fan of him for that reason. But there he was, you know, being a big brother to a young up-and-coming star. And that was a really beautiful thing, you know. And, like, that's that's something I would want my new twin boys to see and see what I love about sports is the sportsmanship of it all, the brotherhood of it all. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. I, I love the charisma that OBJ has. Is he worth the attention he gets? No, he's not. I thought he was en route to being the MVP of the Super Bowl. He was going to be a difference maker. And you hate to see somebody go out like that. And here's another knee surgery here. He's going to be out. He may miss the regular season next year. Yes, he That's the crazy thing about star power. You know, like he has a Odell Beckham Jr. has all of this charisma. He's just got it. Whatever that intangible it is, he yeah. has it that all eyes just focus on him. Whereas like a, uh, you know, David Tyree made equally as amazing a catch and doesn't have it. Yeah. Well, Julio Jones, Julio Jones made one of the great catches in Super Bowl history, should have led to a field goal that would have won the Super Bowl for the Falcons. And it's lost. Mm. Forgotten. Yeah, Paul. David Tyree, I think people forget, that was his last play as an NFL player. Yeah. He injured his knee, missed the whole next season. I think he was on Baltimore. I don't know if he played a play. His last catch was his greatest. Scott in New York, then we'll take a break. Jim Gray will join us coming up. Hey, Scott, what's on your mind today? Morning, DP. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. A uh, couple of things for you. First of all, Seaman, I haven't heard any best or worst from the trip as far as food or lodging. I think that would be mm. entertaining to hear. Um, and secondly, Dan, I hope this doesn't ruin your week. Uh, my 11-year-old son hears the show sometimes when I'm working out or in the car, and we were uh, watching the home team a few days ago. He was kind of paying attention. But um, your scene came up, and he hears your voice. He goes, uh, Hey, that's Fritzy. I hear Fritzy. I go, I go what? Okay. well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. No, no. I was like, that. this is this is Dan. So, and he goes, oh, oh man, he's he's on radio and TV. He must be famous. So yeah. 
I thought you were Fritzy. All right. Well, that's okay. It's still in the family, and I appreciate that. That's the only time I would be mistaken for <laughs> Fritzy. I was waiting for that. Yeah. That's, thank you, Scott. Uh, by the way, Peacock, your destination for exclusive shows covering the Winter Olympics, the Olympic show, Olympic ice, winter gold, biggest moments, most compelling uh, wins, and streaming daily only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up now. Sean White, fresh from the Olympics, will join us coming up at the top of the hour. Take a break. We'll talk to Jim Gray about Tom Brady's future. That'll be after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Best and worst of your uh, trip, Seton, in the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. My best was the city of Memphis. I had an absolute blast there. I had the best ribs I've ever had at this place called the Blue City Cafe. Yeah. That were phenomenal. Graceland is awesome. That was so cool. Uh Um, I really loved Memphis. My worst? Well, you know, there's this stretch between Pennsylvania, Ohio, like uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, all that. I must have passed 15,000 trucks, like semi-trucks. There's just distribution centers all over the place. And what makes it tricky is the speed limit is like 85 miles an hour, and it's these little two-lane, it's not even a major highway, and their trucks are flying. I was like, holy crap, this is terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, but you got the Sprinter van. You can hold your own with these trucks. Oh, 100%. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, they've got innovative safety features, crosswind assist, blind spot assist is awesome, active brake assist, the MBUX voice command system as well, five-star dealer network, and available with a gas engine. Mercedes-Benz van, go to a dealership, take a test drive today. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Phoenix Suns won again last night, beat the Clippers. Suns are 36-0 this season when holding a lead going into the fourth quarter. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. We make way for the Hall of Famer, Jim Gray. He is the uh, co-host of the great podcast, uh, the Let's Go podcast, alongside Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. Jim, how are you today? I'm great, Dan. How are you? Doing great. I was curious your approach to Tom Brady when you interview him as opposed to another subject. Well, I've interviewed Tom Brady probably 750 to 1,000 times, so there's a total familiarity. Uh, we've been doing this show for more than a decade, um, so as opposed to another athlete, uh, there's a lack of familiarity, um, and <laughs> we're not doing a show together. But when you when you sense something as good a reporter as you are, when you hear something, you would normally pounce on that. How do you approach that if you sense something with Tom and, you know, the, the approach of uh, pouncing on it and, and realizing that maybe there's uh, kind of breadcrumbs there for a, a bigger topic? Well, we have much more time. We have 25 minutes a show and 45 minutes for the podcast. So it's it's not like me doing the end of a game interview where I have to get right to it because we're rushing off to, you know, the tonight show or, or sports center or whatever. So you have two questions and you're done. So you can't, you can't have a conversation with somebody. You can't elicit more information. You can't have a, you know, there's no comfort there. You got to boom, boom, boom. So it, it's just a lot different format. So uh, pouncing on something isn't, uh, isn't necessary. Take me back to that weekend when uh, Schefter and Jeff Darlington reported over the weekend, I think it was Saturday at 2.30 Eastern, that Tom was uh, you know, going to retire. You taped the podcast then on Monday? Correct. 
Okay. Yes. So how do you do you discuss topics? Give me let us behind the scenes there of what you do in preparing for that with Tom and Larry and that topic that weekend. I was in Mexico that weekend and my phone was blowing up and I hadn't heard from Tom. And so um, I didn't know anything about it. And I don't know if I'm 10th on the list, Dan, or if I'm 20th or 50th or 100, but I'm on the list. <laughs> Somewhere at some point, he would have reached out and said, Jim, I'm out. Uh, I'll talk to you later or whatever it would have been. I didn't get that. So uh, I called Tom's agent and he didn't know anything about it. Uh, I spoke to Mr. and Mrs. Brady and they didn't know anything about it. They had just spoke to Tom and Tom said that wasn't the case. So. We've been involved with each other for a long time, Tom and I, doing this show. I always take Tom at his word because Tom is Tom's word is really good. So we approached the show on on that Monday, which was a couple of days later, and I asked him what he was doing, and he said he hadn't decided yet. So, you know, it's this isn't a show where you're supposed to badger somebody. He's it's he's the co-host of the show. You're not hitting him over the head, and it's his decision and his life. And when he came to that decision with his life, uh, he would inform us. What did you uh, think when you heard on Tuesday or you saw the social media that Tom was retiring? I thought that he decided to retire and that he decided over the course of time with Giselle and whoever else was involved with the decision, Jack, Benny, and Vivi, uh, that it was time, time to do that. By the way, Dan, the club also hadn't been informed. So uh, Jason and... Bruce Arians and, and the Glazer family, none of them knew. And, and I believe they released a statement to that effect and saying Tom had told them that that wasn't the case. So I guess the Tuesday morning, whatever it was, 12 or 14 hours after we did the show, uh, that's what he had decided to do and, and wrote out his, uh, uh, his Instagram. When it, it feels like people are still don't believe it's real. Do you believe it's real? I do. I do. But I also believe that he doesn't know if and when that urge will come back. So I think he answered the question, you know, to the best of his ability and, and really honestly when he said, you know, never say never because he's been doing this for 30 plus years. And he's not leaving, Dan, because there's anything physically wrong. He led the league in every statistical category for a quarterback. So it's more of an emotional thing, perhaps that he'll be 45 and doesn't want to get pounced on by Von Miller and Aaron Donald and these guys. Uh, but I truly believe that if he wanted to play physically, he could continue to play at a very, very high level. And he's even said that probably well beyond next year, if that's what he decided. More likely to play again, Tom or Larry Fitzgerald? Oh, Tom. Larry had no interest in coming back at all. No. Wow. Larry, Larry, Larry made that decision. He never turned in his retirement papers, but Larry never wavered. Larry had calls every week from great teams that really wanted him and could have played probably on a championship team. Uh, and he just, he just never even looked back. He never thought about it. Uh, he was enjoying his life. He was going to his kids of uh, flag football games. Uh, he's very involved in a number of businesses. He's a really philanthropic guy. He was NFL man of the year. Uh, Larry, Larry had decided that that was it. When Antonio Brown goes AWOL, did Tom try to talk Larry Fitzgerald into playing for the Buccaneers? Not that I'm aware of. No, and Larry and Tom have not told me that, so no. Tom knew where Larry was. Uh, they do a podcast <laughs> together. They play, they play golf together. Uh, they were around each other last summer quite a bit, uh, a number of times. So 
uh, Tom didn't waste his time on that call. Is the podcast on hiatus? Podcast uh, was our last podcast uh, on Sirius was Monday night. And we'll come back in August. And uh, both Tom and Larry and I were all uh, set to go for the next football season. And uh, Sirius has been a great partner and we'll have some more fun. Yeah, I was wondering about that. People jumped on that. They're like, it's on hiatus until, you know, September. And then it was like, oh, September, that means maybe Tom's going to come back. And I thought, well, they're not going to talk football during the off season, I guess. And you guys will just pick it up when you get ready to start the season. Correct. I mean, we don't, we, that, that, that's been normal what we've done. We've done this show for more than a decade. And so, you know, we, we but we don't do it all year. We don't come on and start talking about the final four and the masters and, and baseball. <laughs> I'd be curious. You, Dan. I'd be curious about it because, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, a really good golfer. You get their comments on Augusta. I'm fine with that. March Madness well, maybe, as well. Maybe, maybe we'll do a special. Maybe we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll jump over from the Mad Dog channel over to the Dan Patrick channel, and maybe we'll do a summer special. When did uh, it start to click where Tom Brady and you became friends, not reporter, and uh, or partners, I guess? Um, you remember? Well, I had just asked him. Don Shula used to do Monday Night Football with me. On, on Westwood one. And uh, he decided that he had had enough, uh, that it was just, you know, too much. And I, and I believe at the time, Don was maybe 80 years old, 79 or 80 years old. So this was 12 years ago or so. And uh, so I just happened to run in, I ran into Tom, but he was watching his son, Jack play, play uh, tennis at Riviera. And Jack at the time was maybe three or two years old, three years old, four years old, really just a youngster playing Tennis, I said, hey, uh, do you by chance have any interest in doing Monday Night Football on the radio with me? Because uh, I had known he'd done a, a local show with uh, WEEI uh, in, uh, in Boston every Monday. And he said, well, what does it entail? And I told him, he said, well, why don't you write, write my agents uh, what exactly it is? You have my number and we'll just stay in touch. Well, a couple of weeks later, he, he got back in touch with me. He said that he had just spoken to a Don Yee and Steve Dubin. He said, yeah, I'd like to do that. Then he wrote me a letter, Dan. Before we started our first Monday night uh, uh, thing, he said, you'll get the same effort out of me on Monday nights that I give my teammates on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> and I still have that letter. And, uh, and you know what he has? He's, he hasn't missed a show. Even when he's played on Monday nights, he's taped it early. And uh, he's, been, he's just been terrific. He's a better human being than he is a quarterback. If you had to bet on what he's going to do next, next chapter, could you see him being in the media aside from the podcast? I was going to say he's with us. On of Let's course Go. he is. Of course he is. I had to catch uh, I, myself. I don't. I don't personally see that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. No, no. I, I, I said I, I threw in the podcast there late, knowing that you would pick up on that. So I was. <laughs> uh, but see, could you see him doing a network thing, a Manning cast, uh, Amazon? I don't want to speak for Tom, but every every indication that I have would indicate no. Might he do some more specials? Might he do, you know, another man in the arena or a documentary or appear from time to time? He's appeared on the Manning cast. Um, he might do something like that, but I don't think he's going to try and do something like Tony Romo or Troy Aikman. I could see him and Gronk doing a Manning cast type something on Amazon. What do you think? That'd be fun. It's a good idea. Uh, but I think Gronk's going to play. Oh, you do? I do. With Tampa, yeah, Tom, Tom said Tom said a couple of days ago on our final show that he hoped Gronk's play, that he's got a lot left in the tank, that he'll make any team a whole lot better, 
that he still has championship football in him uh, and that he would, you know, hate to see him go uh, at this point, but would totally respect whatever he wanted to do. He's Jim Gray, Hall of Famer, the podcast uh, Let's Go with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald on hiatus until uh, August. Uh, who's the athlete you haven't interviewed that you want to? I've interviewed everybody I've wanted to interview. I, I guess Babe Ruth, but unfortunately, that's not going to that, occur. That's not going to happen. Uh, um, I'm not. I'm not sitting here, you know, uh, thinking that I'm that I'm lacking anything, or or that there's anybody who I really, you know, I'm still curious. I'd like to interview. I guess I'd like to interview Otani because he's great. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a language uh, barrier, and uh, uh, it can be translated. But I think he's a great athlete, so I guess that would be the answer. Can you see LeBron staying and playing with his son? The importance yeah. of that? Yes. Yes, I do. I think that is important to him. I think he's kind of stated that. I think it, it would be, you know, it would be a lot of fun to see. I think LeBron can still play at a high level. I don't know where he'll be in a couple of years or, or what that team would look like and how exactly that would work. And if his son, you know, we're taking into account that his son, Bronny, is good enough to play in the NBA. Yeah. Now, maybe somebody will do it for the novelty of it. Uh, even if he's not good enough, but I think he has a long way to go, you know, in his development. But I wonder if LeBron looks at this and gets into an organ. I, I don't know if he ends his career with the Lakers. What do you think? About I don't it? either. Yeah. I don't either. You know, it's, it's all so transient now and everybody just kind of comes and goes. I mean, look at James Harden, three teams in a year. James Harden is as great an offensive force in the history of the NBA as we've ever seen. And, you know, He's just uh, Kevin Durant, the best player in the NBA. Look at look at this now. And we spend more time wondering where these guys are going to be than we actually do paying attention. It's like it's own. It's not even a hot stove league. It's just like constantly burning. It's like one of these wildfires, unfortunately, that we have here in California. So all this speculation is going to go on and on. So I could see LeBron playing someplace else if that meant he could play with Bronny. Did you save your interview notes from uh, LeBron's decision night? I probably have them somewhere. I'd be curious. Here, here are the interview notes, Dan, right here. Here was just this season with Let's Go, which you were a part of. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I probably have them somewhere. I still go back to that question I asked, and, and I did follow up with you when I talked to Tom about that poll that you feel with your family that I felt when I was at ESPN, and I left at 50, and here's Tom at 44. And I, I followed up with you, and you were kind enough to share that, you know, you could tell that maybe it kind of hit Tom in a different way because everything else was football-related, and I went family-related. Did you glean anything from that answer from Tom that maybe you didn't realize at the time of what he might be really feeling? Well, I thought it was a great question by you, and I don't say that because we're friends or because this is your show. So it was a lousy question. I tell you, you stink. That was a great question. But I also know how Tom feels about his family, and there's a, there's a spot that it touches, uh, whether it's his parents and his sisters who were so important to him, or whether it's Benny Jack, Vivi, and Giselle. Uh, you know, when he goes there, uh, it brings out an emotion, and he wants to be with his son, and his son's in New York. And so when you ask that question, I knew how he felt, and I know how it bothers him, and I know he wants to spend more time. So uh, I could see that it touched him, and, and everybody else did kind of focus on uh, some of the other things. There was that young man who was in the stands that also touched him. Uh, yeah. that, that he held up that sign about cancer and saving his life and inspiring him. Uh, so I could see, you know, Tom's an emotional guy and he's a real guy. 
And, and he really, really cares. He cares deeply about football, cares about people. He wants to see his teammates succeed. He doesn't feel in any way that ripping somebody else somehow enhances him. So he's tried to inspire and lift people. So when you talked about his family, that took him to a place, you know, where he wants to be. His social media is unbelievable. I, I don't know. I would love to have had that social media with the Patriots, but why did Tom all of a sudden go unplugged here with the Buccaneers? Well, there's a different atmosphere and there's different folks. And Tom has tremendous respect and reverence for his time at the Patriots. And he's grateful. But those folks are, are tightly wound. And <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole different, you know, Bruce Arians is out having fun on the golf course. And once in a while, once in a while, he may have, you know, an adult beverage. And uh, it's a little it's a it's just a little looser atmosphere. So Tom could be more of himself. And, and, you know, Tom wanted to follow Tom's a great teammate. So Tom wanted to follow what it was the protocols were and coach Belichick just wasn't going to have that and didn't want that. And here he could be more of himself and uh, that's all much more permissible and, and part of the program. Have you had Belichick on the let's go podcast? We have not, <laughs> but we haven't requested him either. <laughs> oh, we come on. You, you gotta have him on. Well, maybe next year, you know, if Tom's out of football, perhaps, perhaps we'll ask Coach Belichick. <laughs> now, we asked for Coach Belichick a number of times on Monday Night Football, and uh, he wasn't available. But he was available at Super Bowls, and he, and, he, and he did come on and answer the questions. And he's always, to me, he's always very courteous, very nice, very respectful. Um, and uh, obviously, he's, he's, he's the greatest coach uh, probably in the history of the NFL, with the exception of uh, the numbers. And I'll go with Don Shula because he has 347. But I think... Coach Belichick's going to stick around until he breaks that record. I agree. Hey, great to talk to you. Sorry I didn't uh, get a chance to do a drive-by there in Los Angeles. Dan, I'm sorry I missed you. Next time, how's, how's, how's your pursuit of the Corn Ferry Tour going? Uh, it's good. I, I'm, uh, I'm taking a couple of weeks off for the uh, Corn Ferry Golf Tour, but uh, you know, I'm not ready for Riviera. Let's put it that way. Well, the pros are this week, so tune in. It should be fun. Thank you, bud. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Jim Gray, Hall of Famer and uh, co-host of Let's Go Podcast with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Jim invited me to play Riviera, and you don't turn down an invitation to play Riviera. It was just I was doing the show. We got up early in the morning, and then we'd have to go to dinner with clients at night, and I didn't have that window where I could go there and play. Riviera is one of the great courses in the world. And... uh you can't have a bad day. You can have a bad round at Riviera. You can't have a bad day at Riviera. Really a, a, a great experience there. All right, we'll come back. We've got our play of the day. More uh, phone calls as well. Sean White, top of the hour, back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh my God! The play, the play, the play of the day. Runner left side, got it. 
play of the day. Check this out. Tatum on the wing. Tricky dribble, right hand, left hand, steps to his left, three in the air, got it! Jason Tatum trying to close the show in style. He knows he is not long for this game, and he is going to leave a mark. The Celtics have a 45-point lead. That's courtesy of the Sports Hub, Celtics Radio Network, WBZ. Boston's biggest lead of the game, 51 points. Celtics, the first team to lead by 51 or more points in two different games during a season. Clippers did it back in the 2013-2014 season. Play of the Day brought to you by Peacock, the Olympic show, the Winter Olympics, Olympic ice, winter gold, featuring the biggest moments, most compelling victories, all streaming daily only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. Get to phone calls. Doug in North Carolina. Doug, thanks for holding, and welcome back to the program. Well, Dan, this is not why I was calling, but an earlier caller uh, suggested a T-shirt. I have one on behalf of the Todd Nation, just a beautiful picture of Todd's face and the slogan, I put the BS in irritable bowel syndrome. Wow. I think it'll sell. It'll wow. be huge. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Doug. Albert Breer says that uh, Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, told reporters this morning Joe Burrow suffered and played through a sprained MCL. Burrow said post game that uh, he didn't get it checked out in the game because, quote, I wasn't coming out. Doug in Daytona. Hi, Doug. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, third time, long time. That's what she said. Um, first of all, we need to get Tyler a raise. He's awesome back there answering the phones. And I just wanted to thank you. My daughter recently got married. And use your advice with the speech and holding it together. Well, I did better than you. I held it together. Um, but I just want to thank you. I kept it light, kept it short doing a couple office jokes, and it killed. So I want to give you props, my man. All right. Well, thank you, Doug. Here to help. Here to help with wedding advice. Although I couldn't keep it together when my son got married. I got three daughters. I got to walk down the aisle. There's no way I'm going to keep it together. Yeah, Paul. You know, wedding jokes are really tough. When you get the mic, whether you're the yep. father, the bride, or you're the, you know, the, the groom, don't make them crude. You can make light jokes, and you're going to get some courtesy points for making any type of joke. So if you go crude, it's usually what doesn't work out for you. Usually your speech is remembered for being really good or really bad. It's hard to do really good. It's easy to be really bad. Don't talk long. There's nothing worse than the guy who gets up there and thinks, you know, like Fritzy, you're on stage <laughs> and you're going, I can just talk and I got some stories. And then you're telling inside jokes and nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. You're just asking for trouble. Get up, get through it, and sit down. Yes, Eden. I was at my cousin's wedding and the best man got up and he thought he was crushing. Yeah. And it went way too long. Yep. And to a certain point, people were like, all right, that's it. <laughs> Wrap it up. That's and it got very awkward. And this dude was oblivious. He was like, "Yeah, I know." And then remember the time that he did. It's like, "Oh my God, stop saying that, dude." Yep, yep. Been there many times. Not good. No. Uh, Scott in New York. Hi, Scott. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Six five two twenty. All right. All right, so uh, yesterday I was listening to all the sports shows, including yourself, and uh, they were saying that Matt Stafford is not a Hall of Famer, and I was doing a little bit of research on the quarterbacks that have not won a Super Bowl that are in the Hall of Fame. So I was wondering if you think he falls, if Matt Stafford falls in the category as Warren Moon, Dan Fouts, 
or Sony Jurgensen, or if he is more of the new age person like Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't have more than one Super Bowl ring, but because he played in Detroit for 12 years, he has that stigma. Well, I think Matthew Stafford is sort of like Philip Rivers, uh, he's, but he's got the Super Bowl. You know, they, they accumulated, you know, they, they, they're compilers here. But I don't know if he's a great, you know, one of those where you go, oh, my God, Matthew Stafford. Very talented. Uh, hasn't had playoff success until this year. But he did step up when you needed him to. I don't vote for it, but I would, I would say this to you. I would not put Matthew Stafford in before Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson was a league MVP. He was a great quarterback. And uh, ahead of his time, one year he completed 70% of his passes. Played for a team that went to the Super Bowl that lost to Joe Montana. To me, Kenny Anderson is a Hall of Famer. Now, I'm biased because I'm from Cincinnati, got to see him play. And Stafford, Stafford has made one Pro Bowl. You, it's hard to not make the Pro Bowl. Mac Jones has a uh, Pro Bowl as an alternate. Vince Young had two of them. Matthew Stafford has one. Like, to me, I find that amazing. And it doesn't mean that he, like, he quarterbacked two of the greatest receiving years in history. The two greatest receiving years, unless you throw in uh, Randy Moss. But Megatron and Cooper Cup, I got to give Matthew Stafford credit there. But let me see how his, you know, his career isn't over. He's 34. It's not over. Let's say he has another couple of appearances. Maybe gets another Super Bowl. What if it goes the other direction? I mean, he did lead the league in interceptions. When when has a quarterback led the league in interceptions? He had a couple of picks in the Super Bowl. I don't know when this happened, if it's happened, if a quarterback's led the league in uh, in interceptions and won the Super Bowl. We should find that out. He's a good player. Uh, you know, do I think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback? He won the MVP. They did lose the Super Bowl. You know, we, we want to have this. I got to give you my opinion right now. I don't have an opinion on Matthew Stafford right now. You want to put him in the Hall of Fame? Put him in the Hall of Fame. But let me see what happens over the next four or five years. Because that could change this significantly one way or another. But this is the hot take. Eh, Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Famer. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with this. For people who are in this business, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm not sure right now. I don't know right now, but it feels like you got to have yes or no. Maybe. How about that? Maybe. And I've been accused of, you know, copping out and not having a, a hot take. That's not how I was raised in this business. I have an opinion, a measured take. Maybe that doesn't get headlines or clicks. I'm okay with that. Matthew Stafford, Hall of Famer? I don't know. Final hour coming up. Sean White, Hall of Famer? Yes. See how quickly I did that? Yes. Sean will join us coming up. Final hour, Dan Patrick Show. Oh, one more item as we close out hour two, Simply Safe Home Security. Today's episode of the DP Show brought to you by these great folks. You ever wanted to know what was happening at home when you're not there? I'm a big fan of this wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. You get to see what's happening at your home when you're not at home. You always know if somebody's going to be there, you get alerts if somebody shows up. You know, when you look at Simply Safe, everything you want, home security. It's simple to set up and it's safe. 
24-7 professionals monitoring, ready to dispatch the police, firefighters, EMTs when you need it. And if you break it down, it's going to cost you less than a dollar a day to make your home safe. It's worth it, right? No long-term commitments, no hidden fees, no contracts. You can customize the perfect system for your home. And it takes just a couple of minutes. Go to simplysafedan.com, see what you want, what you need, and then they deliver it right to your door. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off interactive monitoring. Start by going to simplysafedan.com.